Hello and welcome to the That's My Truth podcast. I'm your host, Juliana, and I'm so glad you're tuning in today. If you are a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to the show. And if you are a returning listener, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode. This podcast features discussions with people who I admire and look up to about everything from career and wellness to social issues and friendship. If you are looking for ways to support the show, there are a few ways. First, you can leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Second, you can share an episode with a friend or share it on social media. And lastly, you can follow us on social media and anywhere we are present online. So check us out. But overall, more than anything, you listening is the most supportive thing you can do. So thank you for tuning in. Hello, and welcome to the That's My Truth podcast. This is Juliana. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm really excited for today's episode. We have a fun little Valentine's Day twist. I also tried a new intro today just because I thought, why not switch things up a bit? So for today's episode, I interviewed my good friend, Kelly Klein. She is fabulous. You will love her. I was giggling while we were recording. Um, It is a more laid-back discussion, but we do talk about things like finding a therapist, mental health, moving to a new city, and kind of growing into your own in your 20s. So Kelly is awesome, so make sure to um, follow her if she lets you. (laughs) She'll tell you her social media handle, but she also has some great recommendations. So I hope that this is a little bit of light and happiness in your day, as it was for me as I was editing it. So Thanks so much to Kelly for being on the show, and I'll turn it over to the interview. Hey, Kelly. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, I'm excited because it's the week before Valentine's Day, so the theme is kind of love, Valentine's Day, self-care, all of that. So I'm excited to have you on. Um, To start us off, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, Am I your Valentine? Uh, Just wondering. (laughs) Maybe don't tell Ryan, though. I think he'll get jealous. Um, But I'm Kelly for all of Juliana's listeners. And we are, I'm going to take a liberty here and say we're work best friends. Um, Watch out, everyone else. Uh, She's mine. But now I met Juliana working together. We um, hit it right off from the start. And she makes my work experience lovely. Um, But I would say we're also definitely real friends. Um, So some background on me. Uh, I'm originally from Long Island, New York. Uh, I moved to DC to go to college and I stayed there for a couple of years and then recently just moved back to New York. Um, and I'm living in the big city for the first time. I guess that's my intro. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Um, okay. So wanted to start off by talking about your move from DC to the big city. So you moved, when was it? Like a couple months ago? Was yeah. it in October? Oh, no, December. Yes. Yeah, so I okay. moved home um, kind of in between for a minute there. So I was living with my parents on Long Island from July, end of July to December. And that was really fun. But also, like, for anyone who's an adult who lives with their family, it's interesting. <laughs> um, so it was really nice in December when I was able to move into this apartment 
And yeah, I've been here kind of ever since. I was home for the holidays briefly. Um, and then since then, I've been just kind of acclimating to the city and city life. Yeah. Awesome. And a New Yorker. Um, so what made you move to New York? So I was living in D.C., like I mentioned, for a while um, post-grad. So I went to George Washington University. I never say it that way, but I guess I do for a podcast. Um, <laughs> and I, so, yeah, I graduated in 2018, um, and I, I found a job in the D.C. area, and so I stayed. And at the time, I wanted to move back to New York, but, you know, I was going where the job took me, and I was honestly, just happy to have a job. So um, that was my priority. I wasn't going to kind of move somewhere without a job. So that was really what drove me there as well as my sister lives in DC. So um, a very exciting thing that happened was I lived with her for two years or we lived together um, with another roommate in DC. And so it was nice to be around family there. But at the end of the day, it wasn't the place for me long term. It's just such a transient city. And uh, I really missed home, honestly. So moving back to New York just felt like the right thing to do. I, For a minute there, I was saying to everyone who would ask, like, oh, I'll never move back to New York. Like, I don't think I'd fit in there. Big city, whatever, like too busy. Um, but <laughs> here I am. And yeah, I think it was just realizing different neighborhoods are different. And as a Long Islander, I spent a lot of time in Penn Station. And so obviously I knew that wasn't what the whole city was, but that's what it felt like. And so I wasn't sure that I wanted to live in Penn Station. <laughs> um, but my current apartment's on the Upper West Side and it's a lovely neighborhood. I really um, couldn't have imagined it would be like this, but it definitely ended up working out well. And um, yeah, I think I say to everyone, like, moving back to New York, I just feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. Like, a lot of my network is here. So that was really my main drive for moving back. I love the term network. You're so professional. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your favorite parts of living in New York so far, even though it's been during the pandemic? Right. So, so yeah, I moved to New York during the pandemic, which everyone who I meet is like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you moved to New York during a pandemic. Like, you're not getting to experience it. But honestly, it's been great. This is kind of just my speed. It's kind of like getting to ease into it. And so, yeah, I think the things that I love the most is not what you would think, I guess. For me, it's, I live in an apartment part-time with my parents. So they actually <laughs> the funny thing is, um, or not so funny, but interesting thing is that they were looking to purchase an apartment and I was looking to live in an apartment. So we kind of struck up a deal and basically uh, they're here, you know, on the weekends. And if my dad has work in the city, he'll come in and stay. Um, so we kind of live together. And so to that end, I get to spend a lot of time with them, which is really nice. Uh, I joke, they're like, my whole social life, <laughs> which is, um, it's cute. And I think being here with them is such a different feel to being at our home um, on Long Island. So yeah, getting to spend a lot of time with them is one of my favorite things. And I guess also it's interesting because I didn't go to that many museums and cultural things when I was living in DC. I mean, I think I took it for granted as a college student and then 
you know, I was busy working and just never found the time. I mean, I went to a couple museums, but just not as often as I would have uh, anticipated, I guess. And yeah, living in New York, I've really gotten the opportunity to go to a couple different museums, you know, I'll get tickets and go safely um, as I feel comfortable. But yeah, kind of just doing different things, seeing art and exploring a new place has been really exciting for me. I love that. That's funny about the museums that you didn't go in DC. <laughs> no. um, isn't that ice cream museum in New York? Oh, I think so. Maybe I should check it out. It's very Instagrammable. That's, <laughs> I think, their like biggest selling point. But it looks cute because you go in the pit with like all the sprinkles and things. Definitely um, not COVID safe, but one day. Well, that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what advice do you have for people who feel like where they live is kind of bringing them down or like they're being called to another place? Yeah, I think it's a scary feeling when you feel that way. And I I think for a long time, I didn't really follow it because I was like, I didn't want to be escaping this like reality. And just, you know, if I move to another place to try to make things better for myself, like, you know, I would feel like I was escaping and just not really like trying hard enough, um, which is not true. That's my advice. <laughs> um, if you feel unhappy somewhere, you feel continuously unhappy and you feel like there's somewhere else you might be happier, go to that place <laughs> and try. And you're not running away. Uh, if you really tried in the first place um, and you just didn't feel like it was right, I think I'm such a proponent of following your heart or your gut or whatever it is that's telling you what to do. Um, I I think sometimes you just know. And for me, I just knew. Um, well, I guess I didn't totally know because I really thought I was going to move to Philly there for a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, only true fans will remember. <laughs> um, but no, I so I think, you know, it's exploring your different options. I was doing that for a while and thinking about moving to Philly or New York or who knows. Juliana was like sending me apartments in California. <laughs> But um, yeah, exploring your options and just going with your gut. That's my best advice. I love that. Well, thanks for sharing. So transitioning a little bit to career because you were accepted recently into a master's program. So I'm curious what the master's program is for and what your dream job or goal is with the program. Yeah, so I kind of found myself in an interesting place about a year ago, six months ago, I started thinking about this more. I studied public health undergrad at GW and it was great. Um, it was something I really enjoyed studying and I learned a lot. And I kind of felt a pressure to get my master's in public health just because it seemed like the logical next step. But I didn't really know that I wanted to focus on anything particular that public health had to offer. And I felt like having the undergraduate degree in public health, I wasn't sure that getting a master's in just straight up public health was going to do much for me. So I started just kind of thinking about what types of things I'm drawn to and the work that I like doing in my current job and just like a little bit of soul searching, honestly. So I, you know, did some thinking and talked to some colleagues. I started therapy, which like all ties in somehow, um, about a year ago. And I'd always wanted to do therapy. I studied um, psychology as a minor in college. So it was one of my favorite classes in college and was kind of interested in just mental health. You know, it's always been a focus for me, something I've been curious about. And so 
yeah, as I started therapy and started thinking about my career, it just kind of came to me that I was interested in some sort of therapeutic work. And from there, I talked to some colleagues who had different degrees. And long story short, uh, the question was, what is the degree in? Um, yeah, I'm a storyteller. No. <laughs> um, anyway, I was accepted recently to master's programs in master's of social work is the the program um that was a weird way of saying it but I'm excited about it I'm um kind of thinking that will lead me in the trajectory of where I want to go I yeah I think my goal at the end of the day is to be able to help people in the same way that therapy has helped me and kind of just destigmatizing mental health and really um you know, getting people the help they need and maybe are afraid to ask for. So that's always been something that I'm passionate about. And I think in the current work we do, I've noticed that I, I'm, I love the work we do. It's fun. And I like being good at it, honestly. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm not unhappy there. But um, it does, you know, kind of zoom out a lot on the world and healthcare system and government. And I really want to zoom in more and really work with people. So, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of my motivation behind going back to school. Very cool. I think in the middle of that, there is also some Brene Brown listening. <laughs> yeah, somewhere, somewhere sprinkled in there. You know, I don't know. We're reading, <laughs> we're reading Glass Doyle and listening to Brene. Mm -hmm. Like, totally. The perfect storm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so who do you look up to in terms of career? And I guess that's also general. Yeah, I think it's interesting because he's not at all in my field, but I really look up to my dad. He has amazing work ethic and loves what he does, which I do not understand because he is a financial advisor <laughs> and I just, I, that's just not my jam, but um, yeah, I think growing up, my dad has always had like, he's worn like 10 hats. He, you know, read a book and he works with, you know, nonprofit work, but he also is a financial advisor and he's always going back to school to get more, you know, knowledge. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's just someone I look up to and yeah, I'd love to be that way in my career. Just really like passionate about what I do and yeah, I think he always says, like, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's such a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. I think um, being passionate about what you do just kind of shows shows through. And um, yeah, so that's <laughs> definitely I look up to him in that way. I look up to, you know, I'm very close to my family, so I'm going to only name <laughs> family members. I don't know. But my sister, um, she's a few years older than me, and she is very driven and like just on it and so she is someone who I'm always kind of looking to to see how she's doing things and um you know I'm always trying to like steal her LinkedIn <laughs> information or like oh maybe I should take my LinkedIn picture like that you know <laughs> but yeah in general I think for career it's really family that's inspiring to me um but I guess since we were talking about them, I do love me some Brene Brown. Um, and of course, Glennon Doyle, they're amazing. And 
totally inspirational. No, I love your answer. Okay, now I wanted to transition to more kind of the main topic of this episode, given the holiday season upon us. So a big part of your move was for mental health reasons. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that. Totally. Yes. So that is definitely a big part of my story. And even as I was just talking about other things, it comes up because it's such a big part of my life. Um, Yeah, I was struggling with mental health when I was living in DC. I mean, I think many people struggle with mental health throughout their lifetime. And I'm definitely one of them. Um, And yeah, it was it was tough. I was working for the first time in a professional environment and, you know, just getting my footing. And I had been always, you know, part of a group in college and in high school and things like that. And I was so used to being around people and having that like network, like the friend web, you know. Um, And for the first time, I didn't really have that so much. I was on my own a lot and was really just getting used to that feeling. And, you know, I really tried to like date myself, right? And like do things by myself and get used to being alone and really become comfortable with that. And, you know, there were times when that worked and there were other times when there was more to the story. And yeah, I think that time in my life, like a year, year and a half ago was very like one of the biggest challenges for me. Like it was, it was just very isolating. Um, And I had you know, key people in my life, like, like Juliana and my sister and people around, like I wasn't alone, but I felt lonely. And so I just kind of realized, like, I needed to be somewhere else. And um, (laughs) I like in my mind have this memory of talking to one of like our VPs at, at work about going remote and like making this big change in my life and was really trying to be like professional while talking about the fact that like for my quality of health or like, yeah, for basically like quality of life and for my health, like my mental health, I needed to move and not be in the office anymore. And like, I needed them to be able to like take a chance on me as someone who could work from home. Little did I know, like we'd all be working from home and (laughs) it was fine. But yeah, I remember just this concept of being in like this professional environment, feeling like I couldn't explain what was going on and having this moment where I was like okay if I had a family member who had cancer god forbid and I needed to go take care of them like I wouldn't hesitate for a second to say I need to go I need to become remote you need to let me move right like that wouldn't even be a thought but when it's mental health it's so much harder to explain because of just the way things are now and I think things are changing so I kind of resent the fact that I said the way things are because they aren't (laughs) and like they won't be in the future because people have these conversations that are hard but yeah so for me that was a big part of moving was really finding my people again feeling like I was connected to people and um, connected to myself I think like I didn't even realize until I moved to New York how much um I needed to like reconnect with myself in a way because here, like, I feel so comfortable, you know, obviously being alone because I'm alone a lot right now um, because of the pandemic, but also reaching out to different people and being social in different ways that I don't think I would have been or I wasn't as comfortable in DC. And 
for that reason, I was isolated. So um, for me, it was really environmental that was triggering some of my mental health and getting out of that environment and making that change, although it took me almost a year to do, um, you know, was so worth it and really gave me a whole new look, you know, look at my life and um, myself. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, it's crazy that it's been like a year long process, but it, I'm glad that you're in New York and things seem to be getting better. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> we all have our days. <laughs> gets, she gets the messages, the vo voice memos. <laughs> but um, no, you know, it's more good days than bad. And it's having, you know, a better handle on just what I can do to make myself feel better. So on that topic, what are some things that you do to cheer yourself up on days that are more challenging? Honestly, the other day I was like half joking, but also very serious. I went outside, like that was it, like end of sentence. Like <laughs> I went outside and I walked so that I could like be in the sunshine, you know, like a block or two. And I, I wish like this was video. I was literally like face up to the sun, like <laughs> not like, like just in the middle of like a populated area, face up to the sun, like getting the vitamin D, like just taking it in. <laughs> like, and that works, you know, sometimes that does the trick. Other times it's a trip to fairway to get, you know, your favorite kombucha or <laughs> um, I work out and that's a big part of my like maintenance for my mental health. So I get up every day and I work out and it, you know, it's not about the physical stuff for me, although like it kind of is like, it helps me to feel better and I have asthma. So I really need to keep those lungs working, <laughs> um, especially during these times. But no, I think it's, it's a mental thing and, um, you know, making or keeping the promises that I make to myself means a lot to me. So yeah, I, I exercise regularly. I eat healthy. I listen to motivational podcasts. I, you know, try not to be on my phone too much. I try not to watch too much TV. You know, I try to find balance in life in general. And sometimes it's a lot. And I'm, I say, you know, to my therapist or whoever, like, I'm doing all the things, you know, I color for Christ's sake, like, <laughs> and it feels like it's a lot to do. But it's what works for me. It helps. And yeah, I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't do if it didn't work, I guess. <laughs> so definitely to me, it's, it's worth it. And, um, yeah, kind of learning those things that help me to feel better has been a journey because it's definitely not the same for everyone. Um, although a good step is getting outside <laughs> if you can. I love that getting outside. Yeah. Also then you get like the blood flowing. It's also kind of that like mindfulness exercise where you just like look around. What is it like you see things, smell things? Yeah. So I don't know if I'm describing that right, but it's all about awareness and taking in your surroundings. So that's cool. I love those tips, especially coloring. Um, <laughs> so before we transition to more like silly questions, Wondering if you could talk about how you went about finding a therapist because you've been in therapy for like a year now. So you're a veteran. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm definitely a noob. But yeah, I had wanted to be in therapy like 
honestly for a while off and on but it was really like scary to me and I just I wasn't sure how to do it and I could come up with a million reasons why I couldn't do it and then I you know I started really seriously looking in like I want to say the end of 2019 and I yeah I just started like googling and looking on um you know psychology today or things like that they they have a pretty good good tool on there and I found some people I was interested in just based on their bios and so I started off emailing people and that was like not fruitful I don't know if that's a DC thing or what it is but like I really didn't get very many emails back and I was so discouraged and then I decided okay like I'm not one of those people who's afraid of calling people I love talking on the phone um as you can probably tell by like the fact that I'm on this podcast um but yeah so I I called I started calling people and I left this like tragic voicemail on my (laughs) on my therapist like you know answering machine I honestly think I scared her a little bit um but I just she was like the fourth person I'd called and I'd gotten myself all worked up and like it was it was really a pathetic sounding voicemail and so she called me back and was like so empathetic like oh my gosh just even the way like she was like the sound of your voice in that phone call like I could tell you're hurting and like that to me I was like oh my gosh someone gets it like it was and it's all it's all been great from there she's the only therapist I've ever been to uh, we've been together for a year now. <laughs> no, but um, it's been great. And it's definitely challenged me in really new ways. And um, yeah, it's it's been really a great experience. And I'm glad I took this step because it was really hard for me to do. Um, but once I got there and, you know, the first time I met with her, I was like so nervous walking over to her office. Um now we do video but (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely been an amazing experience that's awesome did you ever have um like a a moment in the beginning of your therapy where you were like oh maybe they're like not the therapist for me or was it all smooth sailing I don't know I think I I do this thing I'm like becoming very self-aware of that's like I want to get an A in therapy (laughs) And so, like, some of my, like, tendencies, I think, are, like, you know, more people-pleasing and perfectionism and things like that. So I don't even think that's a thought that crossed my mind because I just wanted her to like me, (laughs) Um, which, like, that's why I'm in therapy. (laughs) But, no, um, I don't think I really had that moment. And I think there were times where I was, like, not sure about it, but I knew I needed it. Like, it was kind of my lifeline at that point. So I was like, okay, even if this is like a little, I'm not sure about it. Like, let's just do this. Cause this is what I've got. I'm glad that it's been such a positive experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So I know you touched on like things you do to cheer yourself up, but this is more larger scale. What are, what does self-care look like to you? Oh, I love this question. Um, <laughs> So for me, self-care is like very all-encompassing. I think even just the concept of self-care like is that you like 
believe that you're worthy of being cared for. Like that to me is so beautiful. And I think, I don't know, I go back and forth on how I feel about this because sometimes I'm like the beauty industry is taking self-care and just like monopolizing or that's not the right word, but like taking it and using it against us kind of. Um, But then I also think, you know what, it can be anything that you want if self-care to you is putting a foot mask on and like peeling your feet off. That is something I did last week. Um, That's okay. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes self-care is doing my nails. Sometimes it's wearing, you know, like my super fluffy sweatshirt. Like it's, it can be like a physical thing. And then sometimes it's, you know, I work on a puzzle sometimes and just like, don't look at my phone. Sometimes self-care is listening to podcasts or books or, um, just doing things that kind of help you to like ground and disconnect from like your phone. That's really, to me, sometimes the source of all evil. Um, So like actually connecting with yourself and disconnecting with other things, Um, cooking, self-care to me, you know, things that just do good things for you and your body and um, your mind. I think it's different for everyone. Sometimes self-care is like a night out with your best friends and, um, drinking sangria, like, and that's okay. So yeah, I think it can be very broad. And I know it sounds a little silly when I give examples. But for me, those times, like I can think back to a time I've done those things. And it's like, reinvigorated me. And, you know, I think that's what it's really about is giving you that source of like renewed energy and, you know, recharging your battery a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And how's that puzzle coming along? Oh, she's, um, she's a tough, <laughs> tough cookie. That's a hard puzzle. You gave it to me and I gave it back. Yeah, true. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> because it's double-sided. Yeah, it is double-sided. It's, it's very hard. I've honestly made progress though. It's like halfway done. Um, oh, good. So we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy for you. Um, Okay, so what were some of your New Year's resolutions this year and how are they going? Because we're in mid-February. Yes. So (laughs) I feel like I answer every question. So, (laughs) but I don't know that I really made New Year's resolutions this year because so much was changing at the time. Like I was just getting used to being here and I think I was really focusing on doing like getting into my routine creating structure for myself so I guess that was kind of a new year's resolution I joined a gym and you know started working out consistently there and um I have a very like routine life (laughs) so I would I guess that's kind of it is sticking to my routine doing the things that I know make me feel good um that's been really my priority and just kind of refocusing on you know, what makes me happy. Um, That was my big focus at the beginning of this year, kind of starting fresh and good vibes. (laughs) Good vibes. Did you sage the apartment or anything? Oh my gosh, not yet. I got sage in the mail. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so now transitioning to romance, if you will. Um, (laughs) You recently broke up with someone. And I know that was in a way a form of self-care or just doing what you needed to do in order to be happy. 
Um, what advice do you have for gently breaking hearts? <laughs> oh my gosh. When I first <laughs> heard you say this, I truly laughed out loud. I needed to like meet myself out of control, but um, <laughs> I laughed writing it. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, so I did break up with someone um, just a few weeks ago. I just, yeah, like you said, kind of needed to do what I needed to do. And um, it was kind of challenging as someone who's never broken up with someone before. Like, and I don't know, I was really like feeling what he might be feeling and just really overthinking it. And I would recommend, I guess, for anyone who wants to gently break a heart, <laughs> um, dying, but I would say it's really important to communicate and be honest the second or not second, but as soon as you know for sure that you don't feel it and that it's just not the time for this relationship, um, there's no need to like drag it out. I think that only hurts everyone more. And honestly, my breakup was a success. Like we are good. <laughs> I mean, we haven't talked since, but like, we're definitely good because it was, it was, it was not a negative experience at all. Um, and yeah, I just was like communicative about how I felt. I used I statements and didn't say like, you make me feel this way or when you do this, you know, I kind of, if I said that it was more like when you do this, it makes me feel, um, and just talked about how I felt about it and what I needed. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, it was probably an easier situation than some because it wasn't too complicated. We'd only been seeing, seeing each other for a few months. But yeah, I would say it's really important to, you know, put yourself in the other person's shoes, consider how they might feel, but also not too much because you might drive yourself crazy. So at the end of the day, it's self-preservation. You have to do what's best for you. And yeah, that's my advice. <laughs> I love that advice. I know it was like a silly question, but I love that <laughs> advice because it's it's the kind of thing that you can use in many situations, like I statements in an argument or, you know, a conflict at work. So I love that. Um, okay. So how are you planning to celebrate Valentine's Day in 2021? Ooh. I, well, my family's going to be in town uh, as they are every week, but <laughs> my sister's coming to town. So we're going to get a nice Italian lunch together, a 2 p.m. lunch. Um, it's a Sunday, so <laughs> my dad made reservations at this local Italian place, and we're getting lunch, and that's the plan. But in general, I've been really, like, ever since the beginning of February, because I guess I needed something to, like, look forward to, I decided I was going to be really into Valentine's Day this year. So I, like, bought myself some beautiful flowers, and I'm just kind of, like, I don't even know. I've been just thinking about like how I'm going to like treat myself. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm just showing myself some love and, you know, really just doing things I want to do this February because why not? <laughs> I love that. That's cute that it's like a 2 p.m. lunch too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so as a Kardashian stan, um, something you are not shy about. Do you have any information about Kim and Kanye's divorce? <laughs> I have no information, but I have many opinions. Um, okay. And 
I, as Juliana knows, I've been talking about this for months. I knew this was going to happen. I mean, we all wanted it not to be true, but like me, Kim had to do what was best for her and that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I kind of thought that because Kanye was like a man of faith now and in the church that he wouldn't want the divorce. Um, and so I think Chris, or Kim slash Chris went public with it and he was like, no, we're not getting a divorce. And then I think like now they've like come to some sort of agreement, but he's also in a financial situation and apparently in California, um, they're like the finances are only like she would only be implicated in his financial situation if um, like from the point of separation. So like before or so after they got separated, she's no longer like part of it, basically. So I wonder if that's part of it. Um, that's some like late breaking news. <laughs> that's a new theory as of yesterday. So I'll keep you posted. But oh, wow. This is I- hot off the press. <laughs> um and then who's your favorite celebrity couple right now hmm that's a tough one especially because I had time to prepare and didn't really think about this one (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I don't know that I have an answer I was kind of into Ana de Armas and what's his face? Um, oh, Ben Affleck. Yeah, because yeah. I think that was like kind of fun, but that went south a few weeks ago. So With the cardboard cutout. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> um, maybe like a good, an oldie but goodie, Ashton Kutcher and um, what's her name? <laughs> I'm great at this. Mila. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, they are cute. Yeah, they're an oldie but goodie. And that commercial um, on the Super Bowl with them and the, I think it was Doritos or Cheetos. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought it was like shampoo, but I also didn't watch the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Mila like in a shower. No, that's Like fair. hiding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I love it. So we, like you mentioned, we've been friends at work or we met through work and we're friends in real life and at work. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about work friendships? And so since you live in a different city now, can you talk a little bit about maintaining friendships long distance, especially during the pandemic when you can't visit friends and just like friendships in general, kind of showing that you care from afar? Ooh, yes. I think friendship's one of the most important things I'm a big friendship. I don't know what the word is, but Stan, I guess. Um, no, I recently ish read Big Friendship. Um, and we're big fans of um, Anna and Amina too from Call Your Girlfriends. So I always like to take cues from them. But I would say to me, um, you know, our friendship and this long distance work friendship thing that we have going on slash like real friendship um, has, is just so meaningful because it's so easy to feel disconnected from people when you're working from home and, um, you know, living alone or whatever it may be your situation. I think it's so important to connect with people every day. And we, we do that. I would say, I mean, we FaceTime and we send voice memos and we, of course, Microsoft Teams, um, not sponsored, (laughs) but no, (laughs) um, we yeah so I think just even connecting with people in different ways and um I think 
of course I get the best like work gossip from you, but <laughs> it's also just good to, you know, have open conversations. Like we have very open conversations about promotion and compensation and things like that, that I think women are afraid particularly to have um, because often like the work environment has to be competitive and I just don't believe it has to be. So um, I said it has to be, but it does not. <laughs> um, I think work friendships are so important. Uh, they make it so much better. Uh, and yeah, I think just it's easier to feel connected to the work you're doing when you have real relationships with people you work with. Uh, and so then that piece kind of goes into the long distance thing. So obviously, when I left DC, I left some amazing people there, not just, <laughs> not just, you know, my sister, um, but also you and some other really close friends. And I honestly like being that I'm a phone call lover. Uh, it's a lot easier to keep in touch with people. I'll just randomly have phone calls with like my friend Lauren, for example, she just calls me, we chat for hours. And it's just nice to hear someone's voice. And I think sometimes like texting is great to kind of make plans or anything like that, but it's really not enough connection for me. <laughs> so I love to talk to someone on the phone or FaceTime. Um, my friends from college and I write emails. I don't think I've even told you about this. Um, I don't yeah. think so, but that's adorable. Yeah. So we, we keep in touch and like know about each other's daily lives by like writing an email like every week everyone writes like a little recap of their week and it's just like funny things and it's kind of a nice way to keep track of like oh what did I do last week and um then you kind of have an idea of what some of your friends are up to who you don't talk to on a regular basis so that's a hot tip um <laughs> but yeah I think you know putting an effort to keep up with people is the key um I like to think Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish so-and-so would just reach out to me. And I'm sure we've all felt that way. Um, it's always nice to get a surprise phone call from someone. But yeah, I think my rule of thumb is if I'm thinking of someone, uh, I should give them a call or text or something because, you know, who knows what they're up to that day and they might just need some text and that could make their day or whatever it is. So yeah, just putting in the effort with friends is something that I really prioritize and it's so fulfilling. I think, um, I, my friendships are so important to me. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we, <laughs> we stay in touch and I have no doubt that like, no matter where these big life decisions take us, like, am I going to like go to grad school? What? <laughs> but <laughs> no matter where, like we end up, um, I know that we'll stay in touch and, you'll give me the tea <laughs> on whatever work environment you're in. Uh, the other day I was actually talking to a friend um, and his work best friend, and they both left to go to separate. Um, now they're both working at different places and they're still working. I can't even friends. think about it. I know it's like tragic, but <laughs> it's so funny. They were telling me, they were like, yeah, we're still obviously still so close. And like the first few months at their new jobs, they would like call each other and be like, I haven't made a work best friend here yet. And like, I really miss you. Like, why did we leave? <laughs> Which is so cute. But that's yeah. really cute. Work best friends are so important. And like, I don't even need to qualify it, like truly, but like, you know, for context, work best friend. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I also think you're really good at like sending 
like checking in, sending things. Like you sent me a calendar for New Year's and like just things like that. They're so thoughtful. Like getting something in the mail is just so sweet. So yeah, like a little card and things like that. Yeah, I I think gift giving is my love language, I guess. Like I didn't realize I was like trying to think about my love languages. This is topical for Valentine's Day. Um, and I realized, yeah, I think I love sending things to people. Like it doesn't have to be of monetary value. Like I sent my supervisor and like kind of a mentor at work. I sent them both like Christmas cards, you know, and little notes. Like I, I love doing stuff like that. And like a handwritten note, even though my handwriting is like objectively terrible. (laughs) Um, I think it goes a long way to just feeling more connected to people. Yeah, I love that. And I can I can definitely vouch for the work best friendships very important. Yes, always. So we're closing out with some fun closing questions. So this first question I actually heard on Harry Styles' sister's podcast, Gemma Styles. So shout out to her. Although I don't know if she's listening, slim chance. Um, <laughs> But one of her closing questions is, what is one thing you recommend that people read, watch, and listen to? So it really covers covers everything. Okay. Yeah, I think this is a great question for a podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure that I heard, I think, um, Lauren Everts, Michael Bostic, they have like the Skinny Confidential podcast. I've heard they, they do that too. And I think it's just a cool way oh. to other things that you might like mm-hmm. that are similar. Um, totally. So- you you're on the pulse um (laughs) finger on the pulse yeah so I guess my recommendations I love Untamed by Glennon Doyle it's an amazing book I would recommend that to anyone any woman parent I feel like it's just I'm not a parent but like I think it has a lot about parenting and I just think it's like amazing (laughs) I have a little brother so it's like similar now um (laughs) but Anyway, that's definitely... I have a little in a sorority. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Rachel, if you're listening, no. Um, Shout out. No. So, yeah. And then podcasts. Obviously, that's my truth podcast. But um, I'm a big Mood with Lauren Elizabeth fan. And absolutely not podcast. Huge fan. Um, I like... Yeah, I I love love Heather McMahon. Um, So those are some, some good ones. I'm just wondering how many times have you called into the hotline, the absolutely not hotline? <laughs> um, I care not to mention she never has chosen me. Um, I think I've called like four times and they're all really aggressive. Like one of the times I had pneumonia and so I called her to tell her about my pneumonia. Um, no answer. Another time I called to talk about how my dog died. Um, so it's really just like a little bit of therapy for me, you know? <laughs> so Heather for that one. <laughs> sorry to interrupt I just thought that was important to cover and honestly that's my truth like it's okay (laughs) oh my gosh but um oh the last thing was watch so my hot take is Love Island um I've watched four seasons of Love Island UK in the last nine months and you know what that's a lot of hours of (laughs) Love Island yeah (laughs) so that's my recommendation if you need something to binge it's amazing um I have no regrets watching it it's full of just 
crazy British people and I love it so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> what is it streaming on? This is kind of for my own info. Oh, it's on Hulu. Oh, okay. Wow. Yes. yes. So might be my new hobby. I'd recommend it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Like there are probably 50 episodes a season and they're all an hour long. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, that's my dirty secret. So now all your listeners know. <laughs> Airing out your dirty laundry uh, <laughs> yeah. on, on the podcast. This is live. I, I thought this was off the record. um okay so this is this has been so much fun you are like the perfect podcast guest if you ever need a testimonial (laughs) um let me know if like you need to be on if like heather calls you and is like let me know so yeah this has been lovely and i know that listeners if they don't know you personally they're gonna want to get to know you personally so um, are there any ways that people who don't know you can follow slash support you? Is there a Kelly Klein Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, coming soon. No, honestly, <laughs> this is my first podcast and I have gotten lots of support from family and friends when I told them that I wanted, that I'm being on your podcast. So maybe I'll be your competitor. I don't know. <laughs> no, um, you know, I, I always accept a Pinterest follower or um, an Instagram perhaps follower. We'll see. You make the cut. So you can always request. You'll find there's three L's in Kelly, though. That's the confusing. Okay. So we're working with. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. I don't want to mislead people. That's not actually how you spell my God given name, but like. That is, that is what Instagram had when I was looking for Kelly Klein, the handle. So that's my truth. <laughs> that's your truth. Thanks for leaving it all on the episode, on the interview. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Thanks so much for tuning in. And thanks again to Kelly for joining you are a natural. So if anyone out there is looking for a podcast guest, hit up Kelly Klein. She is fabulous, as you know. Um, But thank you so much for tuning in. This was such a fun episode, and I hope that you have a lovely Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, all of the things. I'd like to thank you for the support that you've shown this show so far. And I know I mentioned it at the beginning, but if you are looking for ways to support the show, you can do so by sharing an episode with a friend, leaving a review in Apple Podcasts, or finding us on social media. So thanks so much for being here. I look forward to next week and have a great week.